0: Please welcome our new sponsor Play Action Pools. Go to playactionpools.com as they have launched the newest sports pool hosting platforms. Play Action is your spot for all your football contest needs whether it's pick 'em or survival pool. Play Action has customizable options for picking against the spread or picking straight up. NFL, college or both you have to check out their exciting new build your bankroll format it operates as a virtual sportsbook you know your buddy who's always bragging about how great of a handicapper he is well put him to the test and put all your friends to the test whether it's family coworkers, or whoever put them to the ultimate test with the play actions build your bankroll go to playactionpools.com to play today go to the link located here in the bio of today's episode, and you will see how to play on playactionpools.com and be a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's pool. Check it out. Pick your favorite games and see if you can become a winner. Check the link in the bio for the two-man power trip of wrestling's pool and go to playactionpools.com and type in two-man power trip of wrestling. There's two ways to play there. Pick your favorites. Pick the best. But most importantly, win. So go to playactionpools.com Time has come. Are you ready for Ringmasters, Larry Zabisco, Roadblock, and the French Angel? Sold separately. Collect all three. Available now. Have participating partners only from Rush Collectibles. Hello and welcome to the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. with meet a very special guest, former WCW superstar, of course, the Rochester Roadblock himself, Roadblock. How you doing? Fine, yourself, John. I'm doing good. What have you been up to? What's going on in your world?
1: Oh, man. Um, I'm getting ready to retire, brother. I mean, you know, I mean, be 62 in about six weeks and Lord blessed me to be able to reach retirement. Lord willing. Other than that, you know, I got a uh, Salvatore got a hold of me and uh, we're going to do some uh, business together. Salvatore sounds like a real good brother and nice guy like yourself and, you know, Just live life after, you know what I mean? That next chapter.
0: Yes, it looks like Rush Collectibles. You can get them at hookedontees.com. And it's going to be the Ringmasters Collection. There's an awesome new wrestling set with, obviously, Zabisco and Maurice Tillet, the French Angel. But yourself, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. Awesome-looking figures from uh, Rush Collectibles. You go to hookedontees.com, like I said. But, man, that's pretty cool, right? I mean,
1: i tell you something. Salvatore is unbelievable. I mean, the way he he came up with the... uh... The whole making of it. I mean, it's just like looking in the mirror. Actually, you know what I mean. Twenty years ago, thirty years ago.
0: Were you, you surprised know? that the, they're doing the figure? So, towards those stuff. I'm sorry. Were you surprised that they're you know doing a figure? Like, like I don't know, like how did it come about?
1: Yeah. Yes. I, I actually yes. I I was John. I, I was honestly. I I just consider like I told Sal. Sal, I said, Sal, this is a blessing, man. I mean, this is the Lord just blessing me in so many ways. You know, what I mean, I'm just blessed. That's all I can say to you, John. I'm each and every day I'm blessed, man, and, and more and more I'm blessed. And, you know, this year, uh, uh my whole life, you know, I wrestled before I got into professional wrestling. I wrestled in junior high school, high school, college. And then, you know, I wrestled professionally. And, you know, getting into the professional wrestling aspect of that was a little bit difficult for me because back in that time in that era it was very difficult to get into the business unless you knew somebody and uh now i mean they got all these uh you know the the camps and the wrestling schools and you know i mean these guys and and that and the, the girls too they don't realize how blessed they are now to be able to have access to the business like they do because back in the day man it was like pulling teeth i mean you have to know somebody you know, and being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, and after doing all that, you know, my wrestling, it's not like I was a a main eventer, WCW or anything like, you know, WWF. I've wrestled in some main events, you know, overseas and in Puerto Rico, Mexico and that in Japan, I wrestled, you know, and um, I'm just blessed that, you know, Salvatore called me up offering to, to do this here wrestling figure. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's beyond belief and i'm so blessed
0: yeah they look awesome i love it use abisco and the french angels so far that's like it's gonna be the first set but they look uh they look pretty awesome how'd you end up breaking into the business though how'd you get in
1: well i um i i wrote letters to you know all the major wrestling federations here and i was real green at the time didn't know any better realizing that hey it's not going to do anything and Um, I, uh, said, you know what, they're coming to town this certain day. And I had my mindset that, okay, I'm going to try and just keep doing the right thing until I have to take extreme measures. And, you know, um, Hulk Hogan and, um, Beefcake, they came to the local gym and I said, let me talk to these guys here and see, you know, what maybe they could help me, give me a Avenue to go down and. What happened was um, Brutus at the time, he acted like, you know, brother, get out of here. I don't know anybody. And then I said, okay no, no problem. I'm not there to cause any problem trying to get in the business. And then Hulk, Hulk, rather, I asked him and he said, you know, brother, no one helped me. I made it on my own. And, you know, after getting in the business and being in the business, that's, you know, a crock. And I understand that I probably wasn't the first that ever came up to him and asked him that. So. They uh, blew me off and I said, well, I guess I got to go to the next, you know, (laughs) thing to do. And um, my plan was that I'm going to just go to the wrestling that night and jump in the ring. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I I was sitting there up in the stands and I'm saying, me, now now I don't know who to jump in the ring against because, you know, uh, I jump in the ring against somebody small, I'm going to look like, you know, a fool. And then if I jump in the ring against Hogan, you know, I'm going to get tomatoes thrown at me. I said, so let me just pick the biggest guy out. And it was happened to be, uh, the one man gang at the time. And when he came out, actually, it was just like, I don't know. It was like, huh, I got a vibe from him because he was, you know, raising his hands. Come on, come on, you know, to everybody, come on. And the, and the audience and my adrenaline just started flowing and I just jumped up and I, um, Ran down stairs and jumped over the barricades, and there we were face-to-face, and one thing led to another, and um, somebody got a hold of me after that, and I uh, ended up going to uh, the Monster Factory for a while, and then I ended up going, you know, it just kept rolling from there. Like I said,
0: I'm I'm just so blessed, man. I always wondered if that one-man gang story was true or not. Did you get arrested for that?
1: Yes, I did. Um, Um... what happened was, as I jumped in the ring, you know, like I said, I wrestled amateur my whole life. And, you know, the last thing I'm going to do is predetermine what I'm going to do, because if it doesn't go the way you plan on, then you got a serious problem. So I went in there amateur on him, and I tried to do a dog, you know, a double leg, pick him up and slam him. And being 500 pounds, 6'10 and that's his actual size. There's no way. <clears throat> That's happening, especially if he's not uh, going for it. And so I just, you know, went amateur on him, and I did. I, I put a navy on him. I took him down. I'm, you know, greener than the grass, and I'm looking for the ref to uh, count one, two, three, and all of a sudden, slick. slick. you remember, slick? Oh yeah. He 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 jumped on my back with his cane, and he started wailing on me, and I didn't feel anything at the time. The adrenaline flow was going, and um, he pulled my hair. When he pulled my hair, you know, you got to go where that goes. So I just got up and I turned around and now it's him and me face to face. And I'm not looking to try and, you know, take anybody out like that. So I just mushed him away from me. And when I did that, I turned around and guess what? There's the one man gang on his feet walking towards me and I'm backing up. I'm saying, oh boy, what are we going to do here now? So my back is at the ropes and the security guards pulled my legs out from under the bottom rope. They pulled me out and um, they put me in handcuffs and I ended up going to uh, just to not in jail, but I just went to the, the the front office of the jail, if you you know what I mean. And they just gave me um, a disorderly conduct and an appearance ticket in court. So I got, I got arrested for, uh, I didn't get arrested, arrested, but they gave me two um, tickets, disorderly conduct. And that was, you know, the the brunt of that there jumping in the ring. Which I'd do again if I it was all over again. You know what I mean? But I would have did yeah, things got, a little got bit. You different. Noticed.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. It got you noticed yes, though, right? Yes, it got you noticed it by the Monster Factory. Yes, sir. Yes sir. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yep. And then I went so- to the Monster Factory. I mean happened to be the time when uh, Vince was trying to deregulate the wrestling because the athletic commissions were making so much money on him. He didn't want to part any of that with them. And so all these different – what do you call it? People Magazine, Rolling Stone Magazine, Playboy Magazine, all these different places came to Monster Factory because they were the most well-known wrestling school in the country. And, uh, you know, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I got a little bit of uh, publicity, you know, well-being in there.
0: So when you're doing that, how do you get noticed, like, to move on to Uh, You know, Japan, uh, whether it be Wing or SWS. I mean, how do you get noticed?
1: Um, I I was at the Monster Factory, I'm going to say, for three months. And I felt that I could have learned a whole lot more. But I was in a situation where it wasn't like Larry Sharp was uh, getting in the ring, teaching me. And basically, I was being taught by guys that would come there just to roll around. In the ring just to stay, what do you call it? You know, um, uh, practicing, you know what I mean? For, you know, so they don't lose what they got, if you understand what I'm saying. And I said, you know what, let me uh, call Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico was, uh, a place where Bruce Brody just got done getting killed. And, um, what happened was there, I, I called Puerto Rico and they like big guys and, you know, Bruce Brody was a big guy and, I ended up going there and ended up wrestling for about six months getting experience. And then I left there. And while I was in Puerto Rico, I met one of the greatest guys in the wrestling business, Victor Quinones. He had a connection with Japan and Japan was uh, just starting up a new company called SWS. And he was good friends with Kendu Nagasaki and Kendu Nagasaki brought me over there. And then I, uh, Asked Kindo Nagasaki while I was over there for like a, a weekend tour uh, if I could come over there and train Japanese style, and he said absolutely. And he get back a hold of me, and in March of '91, he, you know, we came up with a deal, and I went there for six, eight months, lived there, trained, and wrestled. And the only ones that were over there was the WWE it was WWF at the time and myself, other than that, there were no other guy jeans, guy jeans are, are, you know, foreigners, you know, in English, but, um, you know, I was the only foreigner over there. And, um, you know, after I went over there, I got a hookup with, um, what's his name? Kendall Nagasaki. He says, I could get you over in Mexico. And I went over to Mexico and, you know, that's how that just, you know, the ball just kept rolling. I was so blessed, man, like I am today. I'm just blessed. You know, I can't thank God enough, man. I'm blessed. Each and every did day, you, John. Did you like just Japan? Like you, my man. I mean, you're blessed, too. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Japan, definitely. Japan was uh, it, 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 it was wrestling. You know, everywhere I wrestled, like whether it was Puerto Rico, Mexico, or Japan, it was all different. They had their own styles. And Japan, you wrestle in Japan. It's kind of like a night out at the opera. If you understand what I'm saying, they go in a dressed up suit and, you know, they don't uh, scream and holler like in America. You know, they all oh, when you do a high spot, you know, where you jump off the top rope or do something like that, they oh, and then they clap. You know what I mean? Um, in Mexico, it's, their, their wrestling rings are basically all in a, in a, a bullfighting arena and they wrestle in rounds two out of three. And um, they throw pesos at you. I mean, and the pesos don't tickle when you get hit in the head with a peso, John. And um, then in Puerto Rico, it was the most dangerous, but I loved it the most as far as the adrenaline rush. I love Japan the most as far as, you know, just... Being nice and you know the wrestling style and everything like that, just the the, the culture and all that. But Puerto Rico, I just had an adrenaline rush like no other because in Puerto Rico there's no ringside seats. There's two security guards there, and there's like I don't know five, six, seven thousand people, and they you know um, they're 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 wild there. You cannot go to Puerto Rico and say it's fake because if you do, you probably end up getting stabbed or something and uh i mean they would literally urinate in a cup throw it at you throw throw spark plugs at you i mean i'm telling you man puerto rico was just an adrenaline rush like no other you know what i mean but and you know it, it, you know they, they they loved a lot of blood too you know what i mean puerto rico was just it, it was an adrenaline rush like no other i loved it i loved it you know
0: and how that's, was the that's pay? How I ended being... up
1: going to these different hookups?
0: I'm I'm sorry. How was the pay? Were you paid okay?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It was. I mean, Puerto Rico. You know, out of the three places I got paid, that was the least. Uh, Mexico was above Puerto Rico, and then Japan. I was on a contract. Well, I was on a contract to Mexico too, but see, Mexico. You know, they're with the mask. And they have the, the, the end of your tour, your last match, basically it builds up a story to where it's a mask versus mask match. And when you take your mask off, you know, they, they pay you a bonus. If you understand what I'm saying, because Mexican style is, you know, to lose your mask is a humiliation. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm not Mexican. I'm, you know, American and I'm, you know, was there to make money and work and, you know what I mean. So <laughs> I had no problem with taking the mask off at the end. Actually, <laughs> I don't know how some of these guys wrestle with masks because it's just whew, so hot in Mexico. The blessing, man.
0: And you feuded with the legendary El Connect. So I mean, you had a, a good push in Mexico too. You were uh, highly thought of.
1: I'm sorry you you came broken up on me that time, Jen. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, you uh, had a good feud with El Kinect down there in Mexico. So you were well thought of. I mean, legendary guy. So you were on top of the card for a while. Oh
1: oh 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kinect was Connect I love Connect. Connect was the man he was. And he was a good man too. You know what I mean? He 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 was down to earth. He I I love Connect. He was a good man. He helped me out a lot when I was down there. Connect, you're right. I'm surprised you, you heard of him, huh? You know about Connect.
0: Oh, yeah. Huge name. Huge name down there. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever have a chance I t- of going? I'll tell,
1: I t- I tell you who.
0: What's that? No, what were we going to say?
1: I'll tell you. The the one that really kind of had me uh, shaking my head and scratching my head was No um, Maskerist. And the reason why I say he had me scratching my head was because, OK, I, I understand he's legendary down there and he's there to protect his uh, gimmick and uh, not let anybody see his face. But that brother there, John, we would be in the van for a three, four hour drive to the next town to wrestle and he would wear his mask the whole way there with all the boys on the van in the van. He'd take a shower with his mask on. He'd eat at restaurants with his mask on. He would brush his teeth with his mask on. I mean, like, wow. I mean, I understand protecting your gimmick, but I mean, wow. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'll tell you what, though. I got to see him because when I was there, they had me do a double that day. So in other words, what I'm saying is I had to wrestle the best out of three. And after we wrestled the best out of three, uh, Mil Maskris and me, we got in another van and we drove like another three hours. And um, him and I were in the main event and um, everybody else. Yeah, I was in the main event with Mil Maskris. And after we got done wrestling, it was only him, myself and the promoter in the locker room and he took his mask off, and I was really shocked that he did that, because, you know, I got to, you know, like, oh, here's the real Mill mask, Chris, I mean, you know, and um, I just said, wow, (laughs) you know, I mean, he protected himself that much with the boys, if you understand what I'm saying, the only thing I screwed up was that I didn't get one of his masks, because, you know, um, I just like to keep souvenirs from different places I've been, and you know, Mexico with the mask, I got, you know, connect I got the Villanos. I'm sure you heard of Villanos, the, the famous wrestling family down there. And um, what's um, uh, Rey Mysterio when I was in WCW, you know what I mean? then I got my mask when I was Tower Inferno in Mexico. So, you know, I just,
0: you know, got them up on my wall and just memories, you know what I mean? Did you mind wearing the mask? Did you like wearing the mask?
1: No, I didn't like wearing the mask because I felt um, restricted as far as my breathing, uh, my seeing. You know what I mean? Everything. I just, I, no, I I didn't like it. I was glad that the mask was coming off. Believe me. And I'm getting a bonus for it too. Me. (laughs) So (laughs) I was really happy that day came.
0: Did you ever have a chance to go to the WWF and work for Vince? I think you did some enhancement matches or maybe some tryout matches.
1: You broke up on me again, John.
0: Did you ever get a chance to work for WWF? Like, did you do enhancement matches or tryout matches? Did you ever have a chance to work for Vince McMahon? I, what, yeah,
1: McMahon? I, I, had, I had a couple dark matches with Vince. Um, Vince, you know, a lot of people can say whatever they want to say, but Vince Vince held a grudge against me because of the fact that um, there were two times I had dark matches with him and the two times I had dark matches with him I was brought to his office and um, see Randy Savage when he was over in Japan like I was saying to you earlier I was the only uh, foreigner other than the WWF coming over there with this company uh, SWS. And so Randy Savage and I got, you know, talking and this and that I said, he's never going to let me come work for him after I jumped in the ring. And Randy was he and Han. Oh yes, he will. I, my father and I, and Lenny Poffo had another wrestling company and we were going against his. And he look at where I'm at. I said, okay. So, you know, I take him for his word. So anyways, we get back, it just happened to be the weekend that I come home from Japan, WWF, is in my hometown doing a TV taping, and everybody's there on TV tapings, you know, and Randy Savage is there, and he says, hey, brother, Black, what are you doing? You're home, huh? I said, yeah. He said, let me come introduce you. Let me bring you and introduce you to Vince. I said, oh, shoot, This he's going to look out for me, you know what I mean? So he takes me to Vince's. Office or his room, and um, Vince answered the door and he goes, Yeah, what's up? And Randy Savage says, You know who this is? and Vince says, No. And he's looking at me, and Randy says, You don't know who this is? He goes, No. And Randy Savage, instead of saying, Well, he just got back from Japan, you know, he's a good worker, by the bing, by the boom, putting me over, he stuck it to me and said, This is the guy that jumped in the ring against, you know when hulk hogan was walking to the ring against the one-man game you see what i mean
0: yeah yep
1: and and, i mean if tell me that's not you know shooting on me you know what i mean i mean he buried me he buried me and um so vince said okay and closed the door and then i got a you know a a dark match in every pa and um, after I got done with my dark match, um, who was it? Um, Chief Strongbow came up to me because he was an agent. And he says, Block, come on with me. I want to take you to Vince. And somebody said, he never does that with any of the guys. You know what I mean? He says, you know, he must have really been impressed with your your dark match. And so when he took me to Vince, he knocked on the door. Vince opened up the door. And Chief Strongbow says, uh, "You know, did you see his match? Yeah." He said, "Oh, you do you know who he is?" He says, "Yeah, he's the one that jumped in the ring in Rochester." So I mean, that that stuck in his head. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. So I never got any kind of breaks with with the WWE. You know what I mean, or WWF. And um, the way I I got into WCW was with. Um, Kevin Sullivan, we were over in Japan, and, um, you know, we got along good, and um, he said, brother, if I ever got any kind of a a spot somewhere, man, I I got you covered, and I said, you don't have to do that, he says, no, brother, you you know, I got you covered, and, um, you know, I found out, you know, a couple years later, he was the booker for WCW when they were going against um, WWF and um you know he brought me on you know i mean could have could have they gave me a better spot absolutely could have they had done me a whole lot more justice definitely but you know it's all good i'm blessed like i said you know what i mean and um you know i'm 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 blessed that's all i could say john i mean you know i could have got a better spot they could have you know gave me a, a push or whatever but you know they are. They were really screwed up. I'm sure you know that. W. Oh, w, yeah. w you know what I mean. And so you know there were guys there that had, you know they had much more talent than me that were even getting overseen, if you know. You know what I'm saying. And couldn't get a push because they were just so stuck on you know the Hogan and the K, or the Nash and you know um you know um you know the clicks. You know what I mean. One two three kid and. Scott Hall, you know, they were their, you know, Lex Luger and Savage and, you know, they, they, they weren't thinking about the other talent. They wanted, they wanted to keep running on the old guys rather than get the new guys in there and give them a push. But, you know, that's why they fell apart. But too many Chiefs and not enough Indians, I guess.
0: Were you under contract? No, no,
1: I, w- I was never under contract. And that's that's why um, I, I stopped going. You know what I mean? They, they kept sending me tickets. They, they sent me a ticket to wrestle Bill Goldberg again after the – see, I wrestled Bill Goldberg his second match ever. And what I mean by ever, Bill Goldberg never laced up a pair of boots before he wrestled Hugh Morris. Hugh, Hugh Morris was Bill Goldberg's very first match ever. And when I mean, John, when I mean, that was his very first match. It's not like he was on the road like everybody else, you know, paying their dues. You know, I drove from Rochester, New York to Prescott, Maine, which is a 20-hour ride, believe it or not, for $50. You know what I mean? Bill Goldberg never did that, not one time. You know, God bless him. He was in the right place again at the right time because that's what, you know, it's really all about, and God bless him. But, you know, um, I was Bill Goldberg's second match or third match, second or third match, you know. And um, so months down the line, they wanted me to wrestle Bill Goldberg on the Monday Nitro in uh, Miami, Florida. And I said, I can't make it. I got to work because I was working for the city. And my boss or my supervisor would allow me to go wrestle anytime because he was a, a big wrestling fan. Joe, anytime you got to go Russell, don't worry about it. You got a job here. I said, okay, I appreciate it. Umber. So, you know, um, they they sent me the ticket, uh, John. They sent me the ticket and I could see the ticket. They didn't even call me. They sent me the ticket. Okay. Because they took me for granted, if you understand what I'm saying. They they sent me the ticket and said, okay, uh, Miami. And I called them up and said, I can't make it. I got to work. And so they said, okay, no problem. I sent the ticket back. The next Monday they sent me another ticket to Louisiana, New Orleans. And I called him up. I said, you know what, Um, let me talk to JJ. And I talked to JJ and I said, JJ, you know, I'm not going to pull no punches. I'm not going to play around, waste your time or mine. I said, you know, um, everybody's pretty much got some kind of a deal there other than me. I said, you know, if you can't give me some kind of a deal, I'm just going to, you know, not come anymore and you know, and this is at the time where they were having all kinds of fallouts. You know what I mean? They were falling apart at the seams. And, you know, I uh, just said, you know, if you can't give me a deal, I just won't be back anymore. And he said, well, we'll give you a call. We'll let you know. And that was it. And they ended up doing a couple of uh, independents with um, Public Enemy. You know what I mean? Because they ended up leaving there and went to WWE. And actually, uh, Russo called me, but I wasn't at home at the time. I was on the road. Russo called my house and left a message because I guess they were going to bring me into Russell with, um, uh, what's his name, John Tenta, earthquake. But then what happened with that, how that went south was um, The Giant, Big Show, He ended up leaving WCW to go to WWE. So they didn't need John Tenta or me at that time because, you know, um, um, Big Show, he was only like 26, 27 years old. He was up and coming. You know what I mean? So, you know, he got rid of Tenta and I never ended up going there and I just ended up staying at my city job and here I am, Lord bless me here 20 something years later and Two months from now, I'm going to retire, and Sal and I are going to do some business together. I'm going to go do some um, autograph signings and stuff like that and, you know, leave the rest up to the Lord up above. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. I think a lot of people remember, though, WCW, you and Luger having those matches, and then they kept teasing, would he be able to get you in the torture Rack? Can he get you up? I, I think so many people remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Actually, that was on Facebook. About I'm going to say two three weeks ago, John. It was on Facebook, the the that match. Oh, is he going to get him up? Is he not going to get him up? Oh, there's no way he could get him up. And I mean, there was I don't know how many different people responded to the you know, to the um, the post.
0: Very memorable though. Like I still vividly remember that because obviously you're a big guy, but like let's see how strong he is. Will he (laughs) be able to do it? Very Mm -hmm. cool. Very memorable. Yeah.
1: He, had, he couldn't get me the first time. And then he was struggling the second time. I said, give it one more time. Give it one more time. You know what I mean? And we just timed it right, and he got me up there. You know what I mean? And how he dropped me, that that was a, another comment on the uh, post. Oh, man, he, he just dropped a uh, roadblock like a sack of potatoes. Didn't even care. And I felt at that point, you know, I am a big guy. I was like 400 pounds. Right. And you know, for him to just get me off the shoulders, you know, it was all good. I got to watch out for myself. As long as he didn't throw me, you know what I mean? He basically just lifted his arms and let me fall on my own if you understand what I mean. It's not like yep. he tried to hurt me because then we would have, you know, had a dis, you know, uh, misunderstanding. <laughs> things wouldn't have been the same. Right. You know? Yeah. But um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm like I said. I know I sound like a ble- a broken record, but man, I'm I'm blessed in so many ways. I mean, cause um you know um to bend there and and be able to do that, it, it was it was fun, man. Um, Luger was a little greedy, you know. In my opinion, you know, I I, I should have you know got some more. Like I said, if I was to do it all over again, I would have did it a little bit different. If you understand what I mean, I would have I would have went more. Uh, amateur on these guys if you n- understand what I'm saying I think what I did wrong was I was a, a team player you know what I mean I understood my job was to get these guys over but i I kind of screwed myself by not getting mine in there when I should have if you know what right. I mean yeah you
0: know? yeah but
1: you know it's it's all good it's all good I mean it's it's all good you know
0: makes sense so you got to look out for yourself too yes yes true
1: very true. Like I said, I mean, if I was to do it all over again, you know, there's some things I would have done different. And, you know, maybe I'd ended up in a different spot. But everything happens for a reason, John.
0: You know, did, Hogan, I mean? did Hogan remember you from WWF when I oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, what happened was when I went to WCW, again, Randy Savage out to stick it in me. My first night there when I was wrestling uh, Luger, everybody was there because it was a Monday Nitro. And, um, Again, savages in the locker room, and he walked up to me. Blah, hey, what's going on? Hey, Randy, how you doing? I'm not, you know, trying to cause any problems with him. I didn't forget that he did what he did to me with Vince, but, you know, I just, you know, I'm in the business. You don't want to burn any bridges if you don't have right. to. But anyways, he brought me over to Hogan, and he said, Hogan, you remember him? You remember how he jumped in the ring before you? And then Hogan said, Randy, why don't you stop with that? Let's cut it out now. Enough is enough. So Randy must have just told him several times, and then, you know, because he must have told him that he's um, seen me when he was in Japan. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's all good. It's all good. But, yeah, Hogan, Hogan, yeah, I met Hogan, and, you know, he said, hey, brother, you know, now you're in the business, and, you know, good luck. Not realizing at the time that Hogan was calling a lot of shots, too, in the WCW, and that, uh, you know, he was holding me back, too. You know what I mean? He was holding me back. Why was You know, because I'll tell you something. When Hogan went to walk out to that ring, when I jumped in against the one-man gang, the roof was off the rafters. People were going crazy. I mean crazy because I got in there. I took them down within 10, 15 seconds, John. And I'm covering them. And the people were going, and at this time, Hogan's walking out to the ring. You know how he does his thing, you know what I mean? And he's looking and he stopped in his steps and he's looking in the ring and he sees, I got the one-man gang down. And I got him pinned and, you know, he just stops and waits. And then um, when it was time for him and Hogan to, to wrestle, uh, one-man gang wouldn't go back out in the ring for about an hour later half hour later because he didn't want to end up getting into that situation again. You know, they had the to yep. top. Come on, man. You know, we got to get this going because it's TV and you know what I mean? I mean, it took him a while, maybe not an hour, but it took him a while for them to get him back into that ring. You know what wow. I mean? Yep. Yeah. So, um, the, the, what were they going to say? And then when I, uh, went for the, the, the dark match, for WWF, Um, Slick seen me sitting there, and he's, you know, he's eyeing me, he's going back and forth. "Ah, Yo, I I know you, I damn sure. Oh, hell, oh, 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 no. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. It rang the bell in his head, who I was, the guy that jumped in the ring against the one-man gang. And that I don't know if you know this or not, but right after I jumped in the ring against the one man gang, they changed his name immediately to
0: Akeem the Dream. Right, right. Right
1: after right after that happened. So this is like a year or two later. Maybe yeah, a year or two later. Now Akeem and the the big, uh, no, 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 no. The big boss man were partners. And Slick seen me there for the dark match. And he said, oh, no, don't you go nowhere, motor school, the road. Oh, no. Swearing at my mother, you know, the M word, you know, mother this. And don't you go nowhere. And I'll be right back. (laughs) And I'm sitting there laughing. And here comes Akeem and, and the boss man. He goes, you know who this guy is? And, you know, I don't know, um, one man gang, Akeem, he's legally blind. He's legally blind. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. He he can't see without his glasses, I mean, unless it's up close. And um, he see me and he goes, nah, man, are you bothering me about this? I don't know this guy. He goes, yeah, you do. That's the one that jumped in the ring on you in Rochester. And uh, him and boss, man, started laughing. They said, well. I said, brother, it wasn't nothing personal. It was just trying to get in the business, and Akeem was cool. And he said, "Hey, man. Well, at least next time I'll know. You know what I mean? If I do work yeah. with, you. so you know, they were cool about it. You know what I mean? the The only one that tried to stick it to me was uh, Randy Savage. You know what I mean? He just tried to b- bury me. You know, but uh, I I I, I kind of understand that because that was his whole life. You know what I mean? Once he got into the business, you know what I mean? He Randy was a character of his own. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But um, what else were I going to say? Um, Brutus Beefcake. How about this one? Brutus Beefcake blew me off like no tomorrow when I first went to meet him and Hogan. And then how about this? When I left the WCW, I was wrestling in Independence for um, Kevin Sullivan because he already had left the WCW and Public Enemy. And we were wrestling like in um, Key West and, you know, all over down south. And lo and behold, I'm traveling with um, me and uh, Air, um, um, Lester. We're traveling together. The um, Bruce Beefcake. We were traveling together. You know, it's just funny how... Wow. You know,
0: yeah, what a small world. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? How things you know, revolve around, you know what I mean? Come back around. Yep. And, uh, you know, he says, yo brother, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, mean to treat you like that. I said, Lester, don't worry about it, brother. I'm in the business now. And I understand it's all good, man. I don't hold no grudges to, you know what I mean? So it's all good. So we, we traveled, you know, for a little while together, you know what I mean? And it was all good, but it's just funny how it just circled back around, you know?
0: Yeah, crazy, crazy the way that goes. i have been yeah. curious, like, I remember you had this finisher where you kind of go from the outside and you fall to the inside. Where'd you get that from? It was such a cool move because it's like, oh, this big guy's not going to be able to do this, and you pull it off, but it's a pretty damn cool finisher. Yeah,
1: I, I, I didn't do it enough reputation to do it, but I, I was doing that when I was at, in, in Japan, or I mean in um, – yeah, in Japan and in Puerto Rico. You know, I was just trying to figure out some kind of a finish that I could do that would be different. You know what I mean? I mean, I could I could jump out, I could do a splash off the top rope being a big guy in that. But I just felt that, you know, I'm not going to be doing that too often because my knees are going to end up catching up to me like that. Right. You all know, your weight down because you got to look out for the guy that, you know, you're coming down on. And you got to look out for yourself. So I said... I'm not going to, you know, keep doing the splash. So I said, you know, I got to come up with something different. And I just did, the, you know, the sack of crap slam, you know, they call it the sack of shit slam. I'm sure you know that. Yes. I did that, boom, right by the rope. And I said, okay, well, let me do a backflip. And, you know, I just didn't do it enough because I wasn't consistent enough, you know, landing back straight. I would be going to the right or the left that time. But, you know. It's all good. I, I thought it was an original, you know, finish.
0: Yeah, very cool. Did you like coming out with the sawhorse? Was that your idea? Was it WW's idea when you came out with it? No, mine. Yeah, that was
1: um, actually a buddy I went to college with. Um, we were talking, and I told him I'm going to get into wrestling. He says, "What are you going to? What kind of a name are you going to go?" I said, "I really don't know, man. I just." And then he said, "Man, you look like a roadblock." <laughs> and then, you know, that kind of stuck with me, roadblock. And then once he said roadblock, I just put all the different things together. You know what I mean? The the outfit with the hash marks and, you know, the I said, well, walk to the, the ring with the sawhorse and, and put it over the guy after I get done, you know, pinning him. I just wanted to come up with something a little different. You know what I mean? And that's how that all came about. I'll tell you one thing. I, I when I wrestled for w, or, uh, WCCW the Savoldis, um, I was up in Prescott actually. <laughs> it was like a twenty-hour ride, like I was saying earlier, and I sliced my thumb on the ridge of that there uh, roadblock because it's a metal it's a metal sawhorse that folds, and that was so sharp. My blood, I mean, my thumb was gushing blood. And I got into the wrestling, you know, into the ring to wrestle the guy. And, I mean, he had pink tights on. By the time he left, I mean, his pants were just red as all full of blood. I mean, okay. from the beginning to the end, you know, because my, I sliced my finger wide open. I should have went got stitches, but didn't. But it was just weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? I
0: Smell. know that happened to a buddy of mine, a semi-famous wrestler, obviously. But he cut his finger open and he glued it. He put glue on it, like glue to keep it closed.
1: Brother, listen to this one, talking about that. In Puerto Rico, Carlitos Colon, he slices his forehead, and then he glues it. So when you get in the ring, you start hitting it, the blood starts gushing out.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what else he did. i rather see him do that then you know what else he did he put the blade inside his mouth between his cheeks and his teeth he put the, the blade the razor blade yeah yep that's crazy man there's yeah, no way I, I mean I. Not I safe. You know, yeah yeah no nah, i mean some of these guys were just out there but you know it's all good
0: now just looking back at at your career though, do you have like favorite matches or favorite opponents or guys you just love to work? Because I know you work some big, really you know famous names. I mean, Tenru, Haku, even obviously Goldberg. We mentioned Luger. Is there some other guys you would like really working with?
1: Yeah, I, I I tell you, I liked working with was uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw was really really cool. Connect was really cool. Um, let me see. Them, them, them were the guys that really stood out for me. I mean uh, Goldberg was good. You know what I mean? I mean, I, cause I feel that I helped him out. You know what I mean? I, I served my purpose with him. You know what I mean? And my purpose with him was to get him over, you know what I mean? Just like I did with Luger and, yep. you know, so many other guys. Um, another <laughs> match, another match I Russell was, it was, um, with joint the clown and the midget wrestler. That was, a, that was a funny, that was a fun match too. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, uh, you know, Um, what's his name? Um, Carlitos Colon was a lot of fun, you know what I mean? Um, In Puerto Rico, it's just so crazy, like I was telling you, John. I wrestled uh, Carlos in in, uh, Salina, that's his hometown. It took me 20 minutes to get to the ring from the locker room because they were throwing blow darts, urinating in the cup, throwing it at you throwing spark plugs at you i finally get in the ring and i'm rustling carlos and we tie up and i get him down on the ground and i'm hitting him i'm hitting him i'm hitting him i'm hitting him all of a sudden i'm getting pelted with i mean rocks and spark plugs from all over and by them doing that i'm not the only one getting hit carlos is laying down with his head up so he's getting hit too i'm trying to cover him but these guys hey them Puerto Ricans, man, they can throw. Let me tell you something. They can throw. I'll tell you another good one on that one. And so Carlos said, hey, let's switch over around. And so Carlos, he got on top, and he got the people's attention. He go, wow, wow, you know what I mean? So everybody just stopped throwing the rocks, you know what I mean? They had to turn the heat around, you know what I mean? Yeah. um that's that, that crazy. Puerto Ric-
0: What's that? Sounds crazy.
1: Oh, brother, it was it was crazy, man. But like I said, it was an adrenaline rush that just was out of this world, man. It, it, it was. I mean, from the moment you get out of the van to get into the La Cancha, which is the arena to get back into that van, is an adrenaline rush. I mean, when I left that night, I caused a riot. I had to wait two hours for the state police to come and get me to get into the van. And then when they got me in the van... They were trying to tip the van over. I mean, it's just crazy in Puerto Rico. It was crazy. But I, like I said, I mean, it was just an adrenaline rush like no other. But as far as like me saying, man, Puerto Ricans know how to throw, man. They've been throwing, I mean, the men and the women. I had, they gave me a a, a manager. I can't remember his name in Puerto Rico. What the heck is his name? He was real green. And we did TV every Tuesday. In in the in the in the town, Torreo or something like that. Um, but anyways, we did we did a, a TV every Tuesday, and I said, "Watch out, man! Watch out facing the crowds and talking shit to them."
0: Right? They'll kill you.
1: They they will kill you, and they'll throw shit at you, and you will find out that you you wish you didn't. So here he is. He's on the uh, apron. I'm wrestling. He turns around, and I come to the corner, and here he is. He turns around to the uh, – because I got a high spot off the guy I was wrestling. And he turns around, and he goes to the to the audience. He throws his hands down to his crotch, and he goes, kukaracha, and he's giving him all the finger. kukaracha, kukaracha. <laughs> and then uh, a lady – A lady, not a guy, an old lady, she had an ice cube. She threw it at him and hit him in the eyeball. Lights were done with him. His eye filled up with blood. He was all done. They had to rush him to the hospital. (laughs) I mean, they don't play around in Puerto Rico, man. I said, you want to throw- <laughs> You want to turn around and talk shit to him again?
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, hell no. Yeah, dangerous. You
1: know? I mean, that old lady, she hit him right in the eyeball, John. It was just so funny because I told him, I said, man, you got to be careful. But, you know, it was all good.
0: <laughs> like you said, it could be a good adrenaline rush, but it's still oh. dangerous. Oh, yes,
1: brother. Yes, yes, yes. It, it It was. It was dangerous, but it was an adrenaline rush like no other, man. You know, I, 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 you know, they sell uh, pinchos. Pinchos are uh, shish kebabs. You get done wrestling, you take a cold shower because they don't have hot water at the La Canchas at the arenas. So you take a cold shower and you open the door a little bit and you're looking outside, see if there's any fans. And there's the guy with the uh, pincho, the the, the shish kebab stand. You run out there, get him, and <laughs> you run back in. You know what I mean? So the the fans don't start, you know. Rocking you.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: Oh, yeah. So it was fun. Like I said, like you said, I mean, it's a double-edged sword,
0: man. It's one of those places, like, if you're a heel, it's great because you're doing your job and they hate you. But then it's like, man, they really might do some damage here. This is not good. This is not safe.
1: Brother, I had, like I said, there was only two security guards in uh, Puerto Rico. And they don't have... Ringside seats, and when you walk into there, you got to walk past all these people. There was a fourteen-year-old kid that had a shank that was getting ready to, you know, run up on me yeah. and shank me. And thank God, John, I seen him out of the corner of my eye, and I had my roadblock with me over my shoulders. And when I see him coming at me, I lift my roadblock like I was gonna knock him out with it. You know what I mean? And even though he was fourteen, I am not gonna get. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, if you're big enough to do that, you got to be big enough to take it, you know? So he seen me do that, and he just hauled the other way. And then there was another time where I came out. It, it was a weird arena, weird. Like, the 90% of the wrestling arenas were basketball courts or baseball stadiums where you wrestled in Puerto Rico.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes,
1: and... This one basketball court, the 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 stands come up or you come out up to the stands where the stands are. This guy had to be 70 something years old. I came out and I had my roadblock up in the air like this. This guy wailed. How the hell, John? How the hell do you get a two by four in the arena?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> you know, the guy wailed me on my back with that two by four so hard as it was like woke me up and like, whoa. And I turned around, I was going to hit him with my roadblock, he backed off. I mean, and then me, there was another time we were in a, another arena, and Carlos and I was like a, a fall anywhere in the arena. We went up like, I don't know, 30 rows up, and there was this old lady, she had to be 70, 80 years old, and she slapped the living shit out of me. I mean, <laughs> Carlos Carlos put me in a double uh, chicken wing, and <laughs> he put my face over by her. She slapped me like I stole something from her.
0: <laughs> wow
1: you know i mean again you know <clears throat> the adrenaline rush was just overtaking any pain or anything you know what i mean and it was like <sighs> Puerto Rico was just wow it was it was it was it was uh deep it was a deep uh territory
0: man what a rush but man what a yeah you know, what a crazy place wow yeah
1: yeah it was it was crazy man
0: now, as we wind it down, we'll head towards the finish here. Where was your favorite place to work? You said Japan was your favorite? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, I like Japan as far as the environment and um, and all that, the wrestling style. But Puerto Rico was, what was the most adrenaline rush place to wrestle, if you know what I mean. I mean, I love Japan. I mean, I got to go back to Japan in a heartbeat, you know, just to visit. You know, I mean, I I had three more opportunities after my, I've been to Japan probably four or five times, but I could have kept going back there. But, you know, at the time, the last few times I was getting ready to go back, my dad was in hospice. And uh, the last time I went there, I flew to Japan. It was um, January 1st, actually, here. I flew to Japan and called my mother and asked how my dad was doing. She said, he's got the rattle. And so I ended up jumping on the plane and coming right back home. So I just flew there, slept, woke up, and came back home. And that, that was the last time I went to Japan. You know what I mean? I had an offer to go there a couple times after that, but I just gave it up. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I could see them liking you, like the big gaijins. You know what I mean? The monster yeah. guy, they love that over there.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And guy, and, and, and Japan's just, the people are just unbelievable. You know what I mean? They're friendly, you know? Just don't get in their way when they're trying to get on the train. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they'll run you over. It doesn't matter, old lady, old guy. Don't be in the way because they'll run you over. You know? But, you know, yeah, I, I loved Japan. But Puerto Rico was the most exciting and adrenaline rush as far as where I was. Mexico was, you know, different, but, yeah.
0: WCW, though, you weren't? Too uh, happy there? You weren't a big fan of working there? Too much backstage well, I, stuff?
1: So you know, um, I just feel that I was being used there. You know what I mean? Um, in, in in a way in which my job was just to get the guys over. You know what I mean? Because they had so much going on over there, and I was a team player rather than, you know, okay, I, I put Luger over, I put um, a couple guys over, and now it's time to, you know, reciprocate. And, you know, it just, I kept wishing for something that never happened, if you understand what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. because they were in such turmoil at the time. And I think, again, Hogan had a hard-on out for me, too, because I jumped in the ring against the one-man gang when Hogan was walking out to the ring. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense to you or not.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, you know, he, he he was calling a lot of the shots in WCW. So... It's
0: all good. I'll tell you who
1: I'll tell you who else I loved working with. I'll tell you who else is an unbelievable man. Diamond Dallas Page.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Brother, let me tell you something. Diamond Dallas Page is a one-of-a-kind man. Um, he was the only one and the first one when I got to WCW said, Hey Roadblock, how you doing? I'm I'm Dallas Page. I said, Nice to meet you, Dallas. He says, Here's my phone number. Anytime you need me or anything. Give me a call. And if I can help you out in any way, I'll do that. And I never called him out. You know what I mean? And uh, we had a a decent match there. This is when he was getting pushed real hard. And um, I ended up, this is years after I I left WCW in uh, 98. Now in 2000, this is what, uh, 98, 21 years later, I got COVID, December And um, in March, I was, you know, I was working out. I lost 35 pounds and I was working out and I said, you know what? Let me get a hold of Dallas Page. And I got a hold of Dallas Page. And let me tell you something, brother. I had two torn medium meniscus in in my knees and my back was messed up. And I I felt like I wasn't going to be able to retire. I thought I was going to be going out on social security disability. Brother, I called Dallas Page and he said, brother, let me tell you something. I'm gonna hook you up with my program DDPY now Diamond Dallas Yoga now. yep brother I, I've lost a hundred pounds total. you know I put a couple back on within the last two weeks but that's coming off because I'm getting ready to retire and I got you know, but anyways and he said, brother, I look out for the brothers. He says, don't worry about a thing just promise me that you stick with the program. And, 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 and you're, you're golden. I got you covered. And brother, it's been two years now. And um, he, he's been looking out for me, man. So I tell you that if you know anybody or even yourself, man, you do DDPY, it'll change your life, man. It really will. He is the man. Diamond Dallas Page. Brother, he's amazing, man. I don't know. Have, have you ever heard of it or have you seen it at all or no?
0: Oh, very familiar with it. Oh, yeah. Very good what stuff. What do you think about it? Amazing, because I've seen what he's done with like guys like Chris Jericho, who hurt his back, and AJ Styles hurt his back really bad. You wouldn't know it because they started doing DDPY, and he healed those guys up quickly. Scott yeah. Hall, Jake the Snake, I mean, he was healing up a bunch of guys.
1: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And that's not even counting you know, people that didn't wrestle. There was one guy, I'm not sure if you ever heard of him. I'm sure you had to if you didn't you know, watch DDPY. The guy's name is uh, Arthur Borman.
0: Yes. Right? He couldn't walk and all of a sudden he's running. Yeah.
1: Yes. I mean, and that's just one of the many success stories that he's got in his program, man. I mean, uh, the man's amazing, man. The man's amazing. You know? So Dallas Page is the man. I, I have to really say that, you know? I mean, he's really helped me out. He's changed my life. He really has, man, to the point to where I'm blessed even more so. You know, because doing his uh, yoga program, like I said, I mean, I lost 100 pounds.
0: Yeah, know? amazing. Yep.
1: Yes, it is. And I got still more to go, but, you know, one day at a time, man.
0: So where where are you located out of, John? Asbury Park, New Jersey, home of Bam Bam Bigelow, who also was a, a big yeah. part of the Monster Factory back in yeah. the day with Larry Sharp.
1: Oh, yeah. I think he was the number one man that ever came out of uh, the Monster Factory. Me too. Yep. and and he was he was he was a shooter man he was he was a legit tough guy you know what i mean
0: yep oh yeah
1: he was he was a tough guy god bless him his life was cut short but you know you live by the sword you
0: know what i mean yep now uh, before we let you go just want to ask where can everybody find you do you have social media or do you do social media or anything like that
1: I, not really. I, I really don't. Maybe I should set one up, especially getting ready to, you know, um, go on the road to to, to push these here um, action figures that, uh, you know, the wrestling figures that uh, Salvatore is coming out with.
0: You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, Rush collectibles, of course. Like you said, you go to hookedontees.com and pick them up. The French Angel, Larry Zabisco, the living legend, and then yourself. The figures—they uh, look great, but everybody should get out there. Part of the Ringmasters collection that Sal came up with, so yes. everybody should get out there, and get some figures. Figures are getting big these days, so you got to collect them all.
1: Yes, yes, you're right, and and I tell you, man, the the figures—I mean, they couldn't get more like 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 what we look like. I mean, all of us you know what i mean yep i'm amazing sells sales an amazing um designer and everything Sells an amazing man you know what i mean and you're right the, the the ringmasters is a is a is a good uh company there yes you know?
0: so roadblock oh. thank you uh
1: my pleasure hopefully we could do this again if you want
0: yes absolutely yes let's plan on doing another one for sure a lot a lot to talk about but uh, thank you so much for all the time i really appreciate it same here brother you have a blessed night yep you too all right take care john the time has come are you ready for Ringmasters, Larry larry's roadblock and the french angel sold separately collect all three available now at participating partners only from Rush Collectibles. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube.